Hi, I'm Adil Bandukwala. And I'm Kaushik Satish. And this is the Great Indian Marketing Show, where we go behind the scenes with top marketing leaders. We uncover not just what marketers do, but how. We have with us today, Mr. Shetty, co-founder and CEO of Vazirx, India's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange. Mr. has been a blockchain believer for many years. However, he got serious about crypto when centralized social networks like Twitter and Instagram started cutting off API access. He realized that you cannot depend on centralized companies because they can change the rules of the game anytime they want. Then in 2017, Nistral tried using Indian cryptocurrency exchanges and was disappointed with the user experience and lack of transparency. Having built Crowdfire, a social media management product with 20 million users, he understood what it takes to build and scale a global tech product out of India. And that's when he decided to build Wazirx, a cryptocurrency exchange that offers people world-class user experience, transparency and trust. Welcome to the Great Indian Marketing Show, Ms. Chan. Delighted to have you with us today. Hey, Adil. Hey, Kaushik. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Mr. the first thing that comes to mind when interacting with you is you're able to spot trends and patterns way before anybody else does. With Twifi, you were offering brand management services on Twitter way back in 2009. This was pretty much elite Twitter back in the day where very few people were actually on and engaging. You then worked on one of India's most amazing food discovery apps, Burp, back in the day. I used to be a huge fan. The kind of UI UX Burp was building back in the day was legendary. And then you started Crowdfire, and now you're building Wazirx from the last three years. These are all category creation initiatives. How hard has it been building and scaling new business categories? And we'd love to understand what learnings can you share from a GTM point of view? When I look back, it seems like that. Now that you say it that way, I've been probably early in particular sector, be it uh, social media or the restaurant discovery where though that I was just an employee there, but I loved the product, but I realized it was probably ahead of its time. And now Zomato, for example, IPO, it was unimaginable in 2007 to think that, let's say, a restaurant discovery product would IPO in India someday. I think even Twitter, I was one of the earliest users on Twitter. I think it just comes from my curiosity to try new products. For me, it's always been like, what's next in tech? What's new in tech? Let's explore it. And that's how I landed up on social networks in 2007-8, where influencer was an unheard of term. And I think just getting into it as a user and then seeing firsthand how these companies are getting built and what are the opportunities in front of them is what led me to start something in that sector. Same with crypto. I've been more of a user for a long time. But then, uh, like you said in the intro, I was faced with some issues in the whole centralized part of the whole Twitter, Facebook, where they could change their terms and condition on developers anytime. And that drew me to crypto. And uh, while these are ahead, I think what I always chose was the technology because one thing I've learned is end of the day, technology always wins. If it's superior, it will always win. It might take longer, but ultimately it is always going to emerge as a winner. So I've always bet on technology. I don't see it as a trend or a particular, let's say, sector. When I come across some new technology and I believe that this is going to, this is working, this is solving, this is making something easier. For example, in crypto, it just makes it easier for you to send value over the internet to anyone in the world without having an intermediary. 
Now that is unheard of. That was technically impossible till uh, Bitcoin was created in 2009. So something like that. I think uh, the moment you encounter it, and if you understand it deeply, I don't think you will think of any other sector. So that got me into this. And I think in this whole thing, there are two aspects. One is identifying. The second is being able to really take advantage of that identification. And the moment you learn to do both is when you can really succeed as a startup, as an entrepreneur. And I think for me, that is something probably, it took me a long time in my first startup. My first startup was on social media management. And uh, I think that was a learning phase. With Buzzyrex, I could expedite and uh, ensure that I don't repeat my mistakes. And take advantage of that unique position that you are in where you are not too late to the market, not too early. There's a proper uh, market being created. Like, for example, when we entered Vazirex, there were three to four million people in India. And uh, looking at the growth, I realized this market is going to grow. Today, there are in just around three years, there are 17 to 18 million people in crypto in India. So that's a large market, uh, especially in finance. If you look at the financial inclusion in the country into products. Uh, 17, 18 million people into crypto is a huge number. So that, I think, really helped us just be there at the right time and also know how to ride that wave. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's where we, here we are today. <laughs> After a lot of lessons and learning, I think uh, you'll get how to you know adjust both the opportunity and also the way to ride that opportunity. Very interesting, Mr. That you just shared, right? In terms of where you started with three, four million users to today, now about seven to eighty million users, particularly in the crypto space. And when it comes, especially to finance or all things money, one of the things that extremely important is building trust. And you brand Wazirex, uh, and you're trying to brand it as an open, trustable exchange. And trust, obviously, is like one of the world's most expensive currencies. How do you go about establishing trust for users? This has got to be one of the hardest problems you worked on. We'd love to know, like, what's the user journey like? How do you go about doing this? There's a bit of a backstory out here, I think, uh, which is very important when you talk about trust. If you look at the financial markets, there's always a regulator, there's always licenses. Let's take banking, for example. So if you want to create a new uh, financial product, in a country, you just take that license and you can start working on the product. And out here, the solution for trust is license or regulations and all this stuff. Now you look at crypto, the biggest problem and one which everyone's aware of is there is no licensing, there is no regulator, it's an unregulated market. And when I and my co-founder decided that we would start Wazirex, we identified this as one of those key things that if we could address properly we could actually take advantage of this fact and probably grow the product. Now, this is something that I think most people don't look at it. You know, you just know, you think of problems and this is what startups are about, finding solutions. And um, most times we think the solution is probably only in the product. But here we wanted to build for trust and we realized that you could build for trust and you could build in a variety of ways. Sure, uh, having a good product is important. But the other thing I realized was that people trust people. What that means is you might build a really strong brand, but until and unless you have a face and you put yourself in front of people, the trust factor is really difficult to come by. 
So what I did differently when I was uh, starting up with Bazirx was I put myself in front of people. I started talking about crypto. I started educating people about this technology. I started giving interviews wherever I could uh, to promote the technology. No, not my startup or not telling people come and use the exchange, but just imparting education about this uh, new technology. And what that led to was helping us build that trust in the market. So, in despite being an unregulated market, we today have over seven million people on our platform who trust us with their uh, crypto assets. The reason is because we have solved for that trust, the trust deficit. And while putting myself in front was one, I think the other important part was building a product that people love using. So, one of the things we saw again when we were starting Wazirx was the best exchanges back then. Had a rating of about three or three point five on the Play Store and the App Store. Now, this is very simple data that anyone can get access to. You don't need to have any deep understanding of the space. Just look at all the top products. Look at the ratings. And I did that, and I realized that the top products were only three point five. So then we had a goal with product. We would make sure that our products are rated above that. And that's what we achieved when we were building the product. And the first twelve months, our only objective was how do we get our ratings to that organically, not by asking people to rate us and give them something, but organically. And we focus on that, and we achieve that. So these were, I think, some of the key uh, factors. Apart from that, when we started, our tagline was uh, "Building India's Most Trusted Exchange." So the thing is, we found this issue, and we said, "Let's fix this." Let's fix the trust because in finance it's the most important. In communication, we started openly talking about how we were building the product. So, as against, let's say, build the product and then announce that you have a new feature. What we started doing was we involved our community, our customers, our users. We asked them what do you want, how do we build this. We started blogging about it every week. Even when a feature was under development, we started talking about it. So this was all a trust building exercise for us the first twelve months. Which really helped us be known today. We have people. If you ask, if you run a survey in India, which is the most trusted crypto exchange, it'll definitely I can tell you will be Wazirx. Vishal, when you were talking earlier on about your journey, you, you mentioned two things that were crucial to how your career has shaped up. Right. The first thing you said is your ability to spot trends early on, and the second thing you said was the ability to act on those trends and get the timing right. Sort of. Curious to understand, you know, when you were starting Wazirx, what indicators or what trends did you identify and say, okay, this is now the time. Especially given the amount of uncertainty that surrounds the crypto market, were there any things that stood out for you and said, okay, this is the time to act on starting a crypto exchange built in India? Yeah, quite a few things. I think yeah. most important was the Bitcoin bull run in 2017. We started in early 2018. But the trigger was in 2017 when uh, Bitcoin prices really shot up, and uh, the local and international media started covering up the whole prices and everything. That's when you realize that this is probably going mainstream. Then the other is uh, if you look at the 10-year history of Bitcoin and crypto adoption, it's been growing, and it's very similar to how you know any other technological adoption, including the internet adoption, has gone about, which is probably you know five to ten x every. Three to four years, and that's what has been happening. So, couple that with everyone around me in 2017 started talking about Bitcoin, and we looked at the new user signups of the exchanges back then, and they were growing rapidly. So, this sort of gave us a indicator that crypto is going to grow. Now, the second part was how do you really, you know, tap into that market, and how do you really take advantage of that fast-growing market? And that's a tough one. 
I think for us, it was a bit of plan and a bit of luck. Luck as in what happened was just three weeks into our launch, the RBI announced a banking ban on crypto in India. And the other exchanges that existed for them, it was a matter of how do you survive? How do you navigate this? And once you're large, it's really difficult for you to navigate. So we had some of the existing exchanges shut down in the country or leave the country. For us, we were already at ground zero because we had just launched. What worse can happen to a startup which has just launched? So we navigated that differently. We built a product that did not need banking access at that time and still allowed you to deal in crypto in India. And that sort of gave us that boost, initial boost where people started coming in large numbers. So there's no formula. It's about looking at what the problem is currently and solving it in the best possible way. I think that's what we've been able to do effectively. Got it. And there's another point that I want to go back to that was fascinating for me. You said the way you went about building trust and you said that people trust people and the way you wanted to do that was to put yourself in front of people. And I know that this is something that's very tough for CEOs, a lot of CEOs, in fact, not all CEOs, obviously. And this is something that doesn't come naturally to many people, right? You know, there are people who are very comfortable putting themselves in front of an audience, public speaking, PR, all of those things come naturally to them. Was this something that you were a natural lot or was this something that you had to build into yourself? No, I, I think for me, before this, I was running a social media startup and yet uh, I don't think I was really out there because the product did not really demand. But when it came to WazirX and a financial product, I realized it needs that, and which is why I got into that mode of being out there and talking to people. And um, yeah, these were not easy to really do. My comfort level is technology. If I can discuss uh, tech architecture and uh, you know how to build something, I think I'm the happiest. But then when you're running a startup, you need to do what the startup needs, not what you like doing. And that's the approach I took. I realized that I had to do this. I started tweeting about it. I started attending interviews, podcasts, YouTube, you know, everything. That wherever I got an opportunity to be in front of people, I took it. And that's how it happened for me. Got it. Okay, shifting gears a bit over here, you know, unlike Adil here, who has been dabbling in crypto forever, I am a complete crypto novice. How would you explain crypto to a completely new user, someone like me? Why should someone like me believe or buy into crypto? Look, I think uh, answering that is a lot like explaining the internet to someone. And uh, you look at the internet, the, the thing about the internet is it's different for different people. For some, it's a way to look up uh, information. For some, it's a way to buy stuff online. For some, it's a way to probably, you know, just spend time on it. And if you look at the underlying concept of the internet, the internet is nothing but a network where information exchange happens. And now, on top of this information exchange is all of your websites, your products, everything that we've encountered. In crypto, crypto is very similar to the internet. It's a network. Except this is a network where value exchange can happen. And that is not possible on the internet. That's only possible here. And when I say value transfer, I mean peer-to-peer value transfer. I can send some value to you or anyone else on the internet using crypto. So that's the beauty of crypto. It's a value network. Now, the question is, what sort of applications can be built on top of this? And that answer is it's not an answered thing. It's, it's an ongoing thing. Very similar to the internet. The early days of the internet, people thought only static websites were all that were possible. Then somebody made it possible for you to search those websites. Then all of those products came along. 
similarly today we could survive a pandemic thanks to the internet so similarly the crypto is still in the early days so the first obvious use cases was bitcoin for example which is seen as a digital version of gold or uh, some call it internet money then there is a uh, ethereum blockchain where uh, they say that if you want to create your own tokens own crypto we are the blockchain for that so every blockchain is different and every crypto has a different uh, use case behind it very similar to having different websites a lot of times what happens from the external point of view because of the term cryptocurrency everyone starts thinking every crypto is a replacement to let's say the INR or the US dollar but that's not the case crypto has very different use cases and till you don't go deep into it it'll not be something that yeah. easy for you to understand I mean, but yeah the, uh, the only difference that i can think of you know early days of the internet into early days of the crypto like in the early days of the internet we would all encounter the internet right in our daily life we would use email we would browse website we would access information but in case no, of crypto, i don't i don't i don't agree on that because uh, okay. i'll tell you this that's not the early days the early days is where uh, i don't know if uh, you were part of it but i paid i remember i even now remember i paid uh, money for a one week course and that one week course was on how to use it and this was in 1999 wow okay um, and if i tell you that now you'll laugh at me because uh, today my friend's son who's 2 years or 3 years he can operate and he uses youtube and stuff but yeah if you go back you will see articles on large media which talk about how the internet days are numbered and this was 2002 2003 article saying that people are logging out of the internet and the internet is a fact so we've come from there to today where you it's very obvious all these use cases so what is happening with crypto as well is i understand your argument and i agree it is not reach a stage where you know you would just encounter it but the question is who are these people who should encounter and the internet is so huge today it's 4.73 billion people on the internet Uh, we we think that you know it should go a certain way but the entire world has come on the internet today crypto is just 10 years old and it's very very nascent about 120 million people though now 120 million people on a value network is not a small number but if you if you compare it with something as large as the internet sure you will not encounter it in your everyday life yet but i think an inflection point will come which will be about 10% of the internet which is 400 500 million people after which you will encounter all these products that will clash with your everyday internet products or something else and there will be crypto in that it's going to take time now the thing is we are early in that cycle we are not used to this we are not used to being early we are used to being into things where things are put in order for us everything exists and we are just part of that here you have the opportunity to be an early mover to define how things should be and this is also one of the reason why it's such an amazing opportunity to be an early mover in a space because we don't get this opportunity of we miss the internet i was a kid i wish i could go back in time and be working i would have just simplest is i would have just uh, lapped up every domain name out there you know <laughs> so yeah i think crypto is that early opportunity for all of us got it okay it's fascinating how you spoke about how crypto is where it is today how the internet used to be back in the day and that just gives us perspective on how big this potential space could be and on that is like my next question where you rolled out wrx which is a utility token backed by wazirx on your platform which today is like the backbone of the wazirx ecosystem 
you launch these tokens to involve your community in helping you build Wazirx and also reward them to contribute to your success. What was the thought process behind this? You spoke initially about how you wanted to involve developers in the ecosystem, but what was your thought process behind this, and how have you seen this program shape up today? So this is interesting, and I think it's an amazing understanding of why crypto can be powerful. To give you some insights into this, to understanding, I was, like I told you in the beginning, I was one of the early users on Twitter from India, probably. I think. Uh, Way too early, and then there were some really amazing products that were being built. Where I was probably talking to the founders till it really grew up. But the outcome of any of those early participation for me as a user was nothing but just bragging rights. I've not really financially benefited from being an early mover or, or user of a product, and that never happens. Now here in crypto, you have an opportunity as a startup as a founder. to also financially incentivize the early adopters and when i saw that that is what was the first trigger for me to launch our own token wrx because i wanted to make sure that as this ecosystem grows our exchange grows and the use cases of a token grow the early adopters should benefit so what we did is we reserved 15% of the tokens for people who signed up with us in the early days and uh, for a variety of other use cases that helped us build the product and grow the product so we were rewarding our early adopters and that really helped us because everyone who you know wanted to be early realized they could acquire these tokens now these tokens were not really trading anywhere or anything we were just giving it away eventually when it got traded i think it got listed and today it's worth uh, i think it's about trading at $1 so just to give in a perspective the first 10000 people who signed up we gave away 500 tokens each so if you look back today we gave away 500 dollars worth of tokens to the first 10000 people if they just held it for free that is the advantage of crypto because every product if it is in the crypto sector can distribute these tokens to their early adopters it's a great way to bootstrap and also one of the reason why there's so much of madness in crypto and there are so many tokens that you hear about because these tokens are the best way to bootstrap your crypto networks that is fascinating nisha uh, the way you described how this can drive outcomes for you and i want to kind of go back to what you and koshik were talking about earlier right how koshik was talking about how his view was different and your view is very different on the crypto ecosystem i'd love to understand like how are you segmenting your users today like if you think about it there must be a bunch of believers obviously right who you want on the platform because they're investing in it they'll make trades they'll be active traders passive traders investors so those are like the believers then there are going to be a bunch of passives a lot of those passives are just sitting on the fence saying that yeah this looks like a good opportunity you know i'm bullish but they're just not ready to pull the trigger yet maybe that's the second persona the third kind of persona is like my dad you know my dad is like oh these don't make sense this is too risky it's just not worth my cup of tea i'm going to stay away and i recommend that you do too so these three different kind of personas that i at least see in my head i'd love to understand like how do you and your team foresee personas and which persona do you kind of market to most where do you think your next growth lever will actually come from we look at things a little differently when it comes to you know serving cohort of customers the way we've always done it is um, 
we look at what is the problem that we are solving for and then see whoever fits that bill. And it's less to do with what sort of cohort would be beneficial to us. It's about what are the kind of problems that we are solving, what is the solution, whom does it fit. So yeah, sure. One way to look at it is let's look at active investors, passive investors, active passive investors. But the other way to look at it, and, um, and that's the way we look at it, is we look at Wazirx as that platform for you to go from the non-crypto world or a centralized world to a decentralized world or a crypto world. And you can be in any of these uh, personas. But if you decide today that, hey, I want to buy uh, crypto, I want to be involved in this whole ecosystem, we want to be there for you. And we don't really care whether you want to do that every day, you want to do it once and hold it, and that's up to you. And uh, we don't believe that we can change that behavior of yours. But what we can do is we can always be there. So all our efforts are always to make sure that, A, when someone thinks that they want to buy their crypto in India at least Wazirx is the name that they think about and how do you do that and now you track back a bit the best way to make sure that the first time someone thinks and you're the one is to start spreading education start writing about crypto and talking about so that's where we focus on education that's been like our biggest efforts we don't convince people I don't go to let's say Adil or Kaushik and say hey you need to hear about crypto and this is what it is. It is amazing. Now come on. What we say is, if you decide to read about it, learn about it or something, we want to be there at that point in time. So that's how we look at it and then we build towards. I don't know if I answered your question correctly. No, you did in a way, but I'd love to know more a little bit, Nishal. Like, where do you interact with your users? Now, the obvious answer is yes on your platform. But uh, in addition, like where do the believers today hang out, right? Where, sure. where are people sure. talking about crypto the most? Uh, is this Instagram? Is it YouTube? Is it like Discord and Reddit, which is like a lot of technology persona? Is it like new age platforms like Decentraland? We'd love to get some color here. I think the biggest and the most active is Telegram. In fact, I think crypto has a large part to play in the, the massive growth of Telegram as so Telegram is definitely one of those larger closed networks where you can find a lot of crypto folks. Then Twitter for more open conversations and for you to learn. There's even a term CT or crypto Twitter. So Twitter is another open platform where you can find a lot of people around crypto. And definitely your Discord and Reddit, everything exists. But I think these two are probably the largest. And I think YouTube plays a large part especially in the whole vernacular side of things. I think there's a large cohort of people who are into YouTube videos for learning. I think that's a massive market out there for you to dip into if you're thinking of India-specific crypto products. So these are, I think, the top three. And you know, for us, it's been three years. We've grown really big. We ensure that we are on all. But when we started, we just started with two Telegram and Twitter. And this is very important. What happens is a lot of times I've seen startups trying to, if you spread yourself too thin into this whole community building, reaching the community, you'll never succeed. You need to go deep in the beginning. And for us, we chose Telegram and Twitter and we said, let's go deep. Into it. And for, I think, quite a while, we did not think about any other platform till we had some substantial base in these two. One was public, one was more of, let's say, a closed kind of a network. So yeah, we focused on these two and it worked out really well for us. 
Nishul, a lot of our listeners obviously are marketers and I know many of them would be very interested in knowing what is the marketing engine at a crypto exchange look like? Can you give us sort of like a peek into what kind of a team do you have and what is your mandate for the marketing team? I think for crypto, it is, it's easy for us. A lot of the metrics are open out there. For example, your trading volumes. And it's a good metric to track how you're doing as an exchange. And I say we are the largest today. Trading volume is uh, probably the first metric we look at. And that's a great indicator. So when we focus on our uh, efforts, we make sure that our trading volume, we are always increasing that as a team. Everything boils down to that. So we also understand that the trading behavior is not something we can control. We can't make you trade more. But what we can do is we can make sure that maximum people come onto the platform. So a metric that we track is probably signups, which we can really make an effort to increase. And everything else boils down from there. Our team has grown slowly and steadily over time. When we started, we had a very lean team. Even now, I think by the scale at which we are, we are still a very lean team. But when we started, we were just, I think, three, four people. And we focused one on uh, community. Second was more to do with PR and uh, getting the word out about the sector in general, not just the startup, but also the sector. Third was more of content education. These have been the top three that we focus on even now. I think we focus largely on these two to three elements instead of spreading across. But then in this, we go really deep. For example, when it comes to education, just to give you an idea, we have several programs that lead up to that. One of the programs is, we call it the Wazirx Warriors, where we have involved the community and we help them sort of educate their followers and everyone. We have quite a few of these uh, micro-influencers, you can call them, who we help so that they can then reach out to their people and uh, train them and educate them about crypto. So that sort of scales our education initiative. We also have sort of a partnership program with a lot of startups that are into crypto education. Over there, again, we help them provide whatever resources they want so that they can reach out. One way have been that, you know, hey, why not launch a education initiative where we create all the content, do all the heavy lifting. But what we did was we sort of focus on partnering where the objective was still education. And then we went towards partnering with a lot of startups to push that. Similarly, we have a weekly show on CNBC TV 18, probably India's first crypto-focused show, um, which again is geared towards education. So that's how we look at it. And uh, that's why we don't really have to have like a large team for marketing. We could be lean and still be able to amplify our efforts. Do you have a marketing leader or is it you largely leading the marketing mandate? No, we don't have like a CMO or anyone. We split our team into different sections. And yeah, I think everyone then reports back to me. I'm not really actively running the marketing team as such. It's uh, three or four leaders on their own in each of their section that they look at. Got it. Is there a reason you stayed away from hiring a CMO? I mean, quite fascinating given the stages that you're at, you know, that you don't have a VP or marketing or a CMO marketing. Is there a reason why you have decided not to do that? We've been trying a bit to be more of a decentralized team. And I wanted to just make sure that the marketing teams are behaving in that way. So instead of getting one head, we have uh, different sections and they all run on their own and they collaborate beautifully. So I haven't really found the need right now to centralize it. 
That is fascinating, Mr. Just in terms of living the decentralization way of even doing business or conducting business, right? I mean, you often hear centralization and decentralization in terms of either tech or money, but you're also thinking about that in terms of teams. So that's that's really opened up my mind to a whole bunch of different things. But talking about tech again and talking about developers as a very interesting cohort, you have a very interesting API play called the Wazirx Public REST API. We'd love to understand how are your users using this API and what elements of scale is this helping you leverage? So this API is still very new. It's in beta and people are trying it out. And we have both kinds. We have consumers, retailers who use it for a variety of uh, reasons. For example, finance is where people want to trade manually. You can also write scripts and you can have your own strategies. So that is where the API comes into picture. The other is we have a lot of other products that want to offer crypto and digital assets. And they don't want to build the entire stack of uh, an exchange. So they use our APIs to provide these digital assets directly to their customers without having to build the underlying liquidity that you need for the exchange platform itself. So it's both corporate and I would say retail who use our APIs for different use cases. Very fascinating, I think. But it's still very early days for us. We're still experimenting. Um, Let's see how it goes. Another thing that you have in beta on Wazirx is NFTs. And would love to understand, is the user cohort of NFT buyers different from that of cryptocurrency buyers? And particularly, we'd love to understand, is the targeting, campaigning, segmenting different for these personas? How do you go about running different programs for these different cohorts? They're definitely very different. One side, when you think about crypto and the audience there is more into uh, investment and trading. You know, it's more about buying into protocols. Now, in NFT, it's completely different. It's more about art and visual and believing in an artist or an influencer. And that's why you're going into it. You buy an NFT either because you want to support an artist who's raised that NFT or you want to use that NFT because you find it really amazing and it's unique. You want to probably use it for consumption. Or the third is as an investment as well. But from more like why someone would buy an art, you're buying an NFT, where the future value will increase. It may not be immediate. It may not be uh, liquid also because NFTs are unique. You don't have sort of that kind of liquidity that you have in, let's say, a Bitcoin or an Ethereum. But yeah, two different personas completely. And I believe that NFTs are going to be a larger market than uh, crypto investment because crypto is very focused on finance. If you look at, in general, the financial world is still a niche. Not everyone gets into financial investments. But when it comes to creatives, I think the whole world gets into it. Everyone encounters media in their life. They download images. So NFTs is going to be way more larger, I believe, though it's still very early days. I think this year is where it shot up. It first came into the picture in 2017. Now, how do we look at this? We haven't really put any personas yet because it's just been a few months since we launched. But what we are doing is we are trying to work with the artists. And through them, we are trying to reach out to new customers. Once we have a sizable audience, I think we'll understand what would be the ideal personas. But what I've seen is this is, again, 20 to 28-year-olds. And this is like the new art owners of the new world, where traditionally, if you think about someone buying art, it has to be someone who's accomplished in life, has a lot of spare money, wants to buy it. 
Out here, it's completely flips up. It's someone who's young, who appreciates art and sees that NFT is an opportunity for them to be an early art collector. And you don't really need to have a ton of money because NFTs start with even low amounts, uh, $10, $50, $100 NFTs also exist. So yeah, it's a very different crowd that has been getting into NFTs right now. Oh yeah, and this space just fascinates me, Mr. because I keep tracking what's happening on Vazirx, what's happening on nft.vazirx.org as well. And you know what? I just saw that there was this NFT called Folk Sci-Fi Special Edition, the meeting place created by this guy called Vimal Chandran. And that NFT just sold for 7,400-odd USD on your platform a couple of minutes back. Fascinating, right? I mean, I never thought people in India would pay this kind of money to buy digital art. I'd love to kind of get your thoughts there. Is this like a very large play? How does this transaction compare to, you know, those of digital arts being sold on your platform? Uh-huh. This is news to me also. <laughs> like you said, it just happened a few minutes back. I think this is also probably on the higher end of all the NFTs being sold. But definitely, I think uh, if you look at India, I think as a market, it's maturing and is getting into this art space. So I think the sweet spot in India is probably in the uh, $50 to uh, $500 range. So $6,000, $7,000 art, it's a good uh, testament to the fact that a lot more artists can get in. And it's still very early to really predict what would happen. But I won't be surprised if India too gets its own, maybe you know, a million dollar NFT being sold in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. I won't be surprised because we have a lot of talent in the country. And whoever identifies that this particular artist would go on to be the next big name, they're going to be wanting to buy those NFTs from that artist. And that is what is playing out right now in an NFT space. You have to identify the right artist. The art has to speak to you. And then you don't mind really spending because it's seen as an investment. You can sell it in the future if the artist grows. Mitchell, how do you unwind? Unwind? Yeah. Do you get time I, to unwind? <laughs> I try to constantly learn something or the other, something new. And uh, mm-hmm. either in crypto or even random stuff, I like to read. And uh, for me, honestly, working is unwinding. I love working in crypto. I love what I do. I don't think I look for unwinding as such. I love my work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, but still, I, I understand because you go too deep. And then the reason why I would get out of it is sometimes I'm stuck and don't have a solution or there's a problem that you, you're just not understanding what's the best way forward. So at those times, I try to take a step back and uh, read up something very random, not think about it for that day and maybe get back the next day. Got it. So let me wrap up with one last question. What's the one thing that you're looking forward to learning before the end of this year? And what's the one book that you've read so far that you'd recommend? Book would be Shoot Up. I think it's a really amazing book. Uh, everyone should read. It's about a lot of things that an entrepreneur goes through and uh, how if you have determination, you will make it happen. So you're listening, definitely read the shootout. I think that, and I don't think I have anything specific in mind, but looking at what is happening right now, I want to learn and understand space a bit more. I think that's probably the flavor of this year with billionaires traveling to space. I think I want to see what this is all about. I have no knowledge or understanding. I just know rockets and I know everyone's flying now. So I, I want to just you don't know why some understanding. Yeah, I don't know why. But I get it today because uh, people ask me what's so great about crypto. 
and i know that if you don't get into it you won't understand so for me today it's like what's so great about space and uh, exploration and all those things but i think there is something there's definitely something amazing there so i want to understand that thanks that's a wrap on our podcast thank you nishil for joining in this has been super insightful thanks adil thanks akashik thanks a lot for inviting me here it was fun talk to you guys thank you Hey, that was our conversation with Mr. Shetty, co-founder and CEO of Wazirex. Thank you for joining us. And if you've liked what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe to us. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcast networks. Until our next episode, this is me, Adil Bandhu Kuala, and Kaushik Satish signing off for the Great Indian Marketing Show.